today we're going to look at a passage in the Bible that talks about why Jesus left heaven to come to us. You, you ever thought about that? It's, it's a pretty simple question. Why does God leave heaven and come down and to be born in, in a manger, right? That's, I mean, that's kind of crazy when you think about it, right? God leaving heaven, coming down, and being born. Kids are already giving answers. I love this. Man, holy smokes. <laughs> Some interesting theology there. Um, but it's the question I want us to, to think about. Why did God leave heaven and come to us as Jesus? To come to us as a human. Why was Jesus born to us? And the passage we're going to look at is in Isaiah 53. Now, here's what's interesting about this passage, is it's telling us why Jesus came, but it is telling us 700 years before Jesus shows up. Isaiah is a prophet, and he is speaking on behalf of God, and he is making these prophetic promises about this Messiah, this Christ, that is going to come at some point. And at the beginning of the book of Isaiah, it talks specifically about the birth of Jesus, that, that a child will be born, you are to be, he's going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You guys have heard that one, right? Then at the end of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah talks about why this Messiah had to come. Why Jesus was born to us. And again, mind you, this is 700 years before Jesus shows up. And Isaiah, he says this. He says, who has believed, this is Isaiah 53, 1, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah is saying, who, who has believed us? Because at this point, Isaiah is, you know, 53 chapters in, mind you. Isaiah has been speaking all of these prophetic promises and calling the audience, and the audience in this day was the Jewish people, he's calling them all back to follow God. Because what the people were doing at that point was not following God at all. You ever been there? Of course not. <laughs> me, me neither. What's, be what's best is if you could see the look of the parents' faces right now. I know I've been there, though, right? Where you haven't, you haven't been following God. That's why Isaiah was sent. And that's why Isaiah is 
proclaiming this message. He is, he's calling the people back to God. And he's, and he's saying to them, who's going to believe this? Will any of you believe what I'm about ready to tell you? That's, that's what he's saying. Will any of you actually take a step of faith and believe what I'm about ready to tell you? And he says, the arm of the Lord has been stretched out. Now that is a, a, a word picture, if you will. It's a metaphor, if you will. Anytime that the Bible speaks about God stretching out his arm, it's describing how God is coming in to our space and coming to meet us where we're at. And Isaiah is saying, I'm going to tell you something and I wonder if you will believe me. I'm going to tell you about how God is going to act. God himself is going to act, and this is how it's going to happen. And here is what is going to look like. And he continues, and he says, for he, now you can circle that word he if you want. This is speaking about this this coming Savior. Now we have a name for this Savior. His name is Jesus. Isaiah knows him as Emmanuel, and he says, for he, this this Savior, he grew up before him, that is God, like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground, a root out of dry ground. The idea is that this Savior is going to come, and he's going to be like a young plant. You ever seen a young plant? There's nothing really impressive about it. You ever seen a root coming out of a dry ground? There's, there's nothing impressive about it. And, and, and it makes the point, the next verse it says, and he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. So imagine this, Isaiah is saying, hey, there's going to be this Savior, this Emmanuel that's going to come and it's going to save you, but here's the deal. He's going to come up in a very ordinary way, like maybe he's going to be born in a manger. There's going to be no beauty about him. You ever think like if you if you lived in the time of Jesus, that if you would have saw Jesus, you ever think like you'd have been able to be like, yep, that's him. That's, yep, that's definitely God in the flesh. I can tell. You see how he's kind of got like highlights in his hair and he just, you know, he like walks like with, you know, a, a foot and a half off the ground and there's just this sparkle about him. No. No, no, nobody saw it. I mean, he's, he's born in a barn. He's placed in a manger. Nothing extraordinary by the looks of things in this Savior's coming. And he continues, and it says, and he, this, this Savior, this Messiah, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. 
and he was despised, second time it says that, and we esteemed him not. I love this part because it, it says that here's what's going to happen. Instead of everyone accepting him, rather they're all going to reject him. Instead of people drawing near to him, people are going to turn their face away from him. And then... Verse 4 is when things, it, it kind of shifts in the passage because what Isaiah now does is he tells us why. Why he's going to be rejected. Why he's going to be despised. Why he's going to be this man of sorrows. He's, it says he was acquainted with grief. The idea is that this Savior, this Jesus, he knows pain. He, he doesn't just know pain. He's familiar with sorrow. He's familiar with grief. He knows it oh so well. And in the next verses, it tells us why. Why he why he was despised, why he knew sorrow, why he knew grief the way that he did, why he knew pain, why he knew sickness. And it says, surely he has borne our grief. The Hebrew here, it's very emphatic. Surely he, in other words, he and he alone has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Why did why was Jesus born to us? This little verse says at least one of the reasons was to carry your griefs and to carry your sorrows. Have you ever had grief or sorrow so deep that it was just, it's too beyond what you're able to carry? Anybody? Have you ever had sickness? This, this, this word sorrow in the Hebrew, one of the specific translations could be sickness. Have you ever been so sick or, or so exhausted or so worn down, or so beat up that you just like, you just, you, you can't bear it alone. Anybody? This whole week, I was in bed with the flu, and it's just like, oh, it's the worst. It, it, and to think, wow, there's people who, their whole life feels like this. And this passage says, Jesus knew that. Jesus experienced that. Isn't it a beautiful thing to be in the midst of the deepest sorrow ever and to know that God himself knows exactly what that feels like? Does that bring hope to any of you? Does that bring peace to any of you? 
we, we had one of those weeks as a church. There was someone, someone in our church where um, their, their father got hit by a car. Thankfully, it was, did not, wasn't, wasn't deadly. But, you know, then, you know, go to the hospital. And then we had someone in our church. They, they lost their wife of over 60 years. Oh, the sorrow. Oh, the grief. And God says, I know that well. I felt all of that. Jesus was born to us so that he might bear your grief and your pain and your sickness so that you don't have to walk through it alone. I don't know about you, that just... I just keep preaching. I won't, but that is good news. And I'm only at verse 4. Look what it says next. It says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, which is just a really big word for sin. And he was crushed. Do you get the imagery here? He was pierced. Do you know what this is speaking about? It's speaking about Jesus being nailed on the cross. He was, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Jesus was born to us so that he might die to save us. Jesus was pierced. Why? For my sin, for your sin. He was crushed. Verse 6, it says, And all and we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Will you get, maybe close your eyes for this. Get this word picture. God was taking all of our sin and was laying it upon Jesus as the nails were driven through his hand and as the thorns were crushed into his skull. Jesus was born to us that he might die and save us. That, that, that's incredible. And then there's this line, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. There's that line where the angels come at Jesus' birth. I give you Good news of great joy. It will be for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. And then, then the host of angels come in. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what? Peace. peace. But what is the essence of this peace? Pe 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 what kind of peace? Like, like peace and quiet? Like kids. Shh. Sometimes I wonder, though, can I be real? Is it, is it, 
Is it peace as in absence of war? The idea in Isaiah 53 is peace with God. As in, we have all gone astray. We ha- haven't we? We've all gone astray. We've all gone our own way, which is not God's way. And so we are not at peace with God. And so God says, okay, here's the solution. I am going to come down to them. And I'm going to be like this root out of dry ground. I'm going to be born in a manger to a couple of poor parents. And and then I'm going to bear all of their pain. I'm going to know intimately all of their grief and all of their sorrow. And I'm going to carry it for them so that they don't have to carry it themselves. And then I'm going to go die the death they deserve to die so that they can have peace with God. How many of you want peace with God? How many of you have peace with God? You have this peace where where God knows you and you know God. That is why Jesus was born to us. But Isaiah starts with this question. Who's going to believe? Who is actually going to believe this magnificent good news? And if they do, oh, the peace they will have. And so I want to end with an invitation that this is the peace that God offers all of us. I mean, the counterintuitive thing about, about the gospel is that it's not when we try really hard and fix ourselves up that God finally says, it's about time you're obedient, here's your reward, but it's rather when we come to the end of ourselves and say, I need you. I need you afresh today, God, and I need this peace with you that only comes through Christ. And Christ is here saying, come to me, all ye who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Will you receive that today? I want to close with a word of prayer, and I want to, if you're comfortable doing this, I think sometimes we, we, we are embodied creatures, are we not? There's just something powerful about our bodies. And I, I would encourage you and invite you to just simply stretch out your arms like this. And I just want you to receive afresh 
this peace that God desires you to have. And, and, and this peace comes not by what you do because it's already been done. It comes by believing in what Christ has come to do for you. And so with arms stretched out, would you just say, Lord God, I want your peace this morning. I want to experience afresh this peace of a relationship with you, God. And I know that it comes through your son, Jesus. And maybe just take a moment and thank him for what he's done for you. Oh, Jesus, thank you for coming to us and being born to us. Thank you for bearing all of our grief and all of our pain and all of our sorrow so that we don't have to bear it alone. And thank you most of all for bearing our sin so that I can have peace with you, Jesus, with you, Father, with you, Spirit. And so we receive that today. And Lord, I pray that we would receive that each and every day throughout this Christmas season, reminding ourselves that you were born to us so that you would die and save us. We thank you for that and the peace that it brings.